Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 355 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be back in your earbuds again this week, and I'm excited about today's topic. So today's topic is a little different. It gets into a little bit of the nuts and bolts of investing. And if you've been listening to the last several episodes of the podcast, you know that I've added a second part to my business. And really this podcast will mostly stay the same, right? So most of my money coaching and financial consulting, all of that is happening over on my Instagram. And there's a separate newsletter for all of that and all of that good stuff. But you know, people who want to come onto the show, they're allowed to ask really anything, but anything around relationships, dating, love is fair game and so is money. And so my client comes onto the show and she told me ahead of time she was going to talk about money. Not really sure what it meant, maybe just like relationship to money or something like that. And then she was like, how do I start investing? I'm like, oh, we're going there. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. Um, so I I really like this episode for a couple of reasons. One, because it's really nuts and bolts. We don't get too much into the emotion of it, maybe a little bit, but I don't think she had that many blocks there. I know a lot of people can have blocks around investing, not even just like blocks, but just misunderstandings. I think that's the better word. Like, oh, I don't have enough money or that's for rich people or it's really risky or whatever. And none of that stuff is true. In my opinion, everyone listening to this podcast should be investing and saving for retirement. That's really what I'm talking about with investing. You don't really invest so that you can go on a trip in like a year. You really invest so that you can retire or pay for your kid's education if you have kids. That's really the purpose of of investing. It's for long-term, long, long-term goals. And the other reason why I like this episode is because this client, she's actually not based here in the United States. She is over in Europe. And it was actually good for me. I actually do a little bit of Googling during her call because I'm trained in the US financial system. A lot of the relationship to money and all that kind of stuff doesn't change wherever you are in the world. But what I did learn while recording this episode is that a lot of Europe and also Canada, because then I got curious about Canada, a lot of the things are very much the same. There might just be some difference in like, you know, there's income limits and limits of how much you can deposit in certain kinds of accounts. So that will vary from country to country. But honestly, that even varies from year to year in the United States. And also it can actually get quite complicated depending on 
your income and other possible sources of income. And if you have a partner, da, 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 da. so it's actually really good to always just work or have a, an accountant who is more um, specifically trained in those kinds of issues. But this gets to a common question that I've been getting about my upcoming money masterclasses. And that is, I'm not an American, can I join? And really, the answer is yes, because most of what I'm covering is going to be, again, pretty universal, pretty much the same, regardless of where you are. And again, there might be some different laws governing you, there might be some different income limits or limits of how much you can deposit. But again, like that's going to vary from year to year anyways, in the United States as well. Sometimes some certain accounts are called different things. I go over that a little bit with Laura in the episode, which you can hear. So the workshops that I'm talking about is so actually really soon. So I'm releasing this episode on Thursday, April 20th. And on Tuesday, April 25th, I am hosting my Run Your Money Masterclass which is a masterclass to help you develop your system so that you can spend smarter and then save smarter and then also begin to invest. And this is a discounted workshop because it's the first time I'm teaching it in this format. And literally this masterclass can save you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars in unnecessary fees or miss bills for not having like a a set money system or a low credit score, which will, you know, cost you money and wanting to borrow money to buy a car or a house or anything like that. And then of course, if you follow my investing advice, it can literally make you a million dollars. And I know there is a lot of really shady income-based marketing that I think is super wrong in a lot of different ways, but like literally this is true because I can show you the math right? And historically, why this is true for you. So this is, it's a really small price to pay, just over a 100 bucks that can again, save you hundreds, if not 1000s. And then of course, make you much, much, much more than that. Doing some just again, putting this simple money system together. So Tuesday is mostly just a teaching masterclass, I might have time for Q&A, but there's a lot of content to cover. So I kind of doubt it. And so that's why I just scheduled a second um, Q&A session, which is just questions, just this is my situation, what do you think? Or da, 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 da. So that will be on Saturday, the 29th of April. And if you can't make the Tuesday call, I know sometimes evenings can be tough with time zones and all that kind of stuff. You can just listen to the recordings. Again, there's not going to be that much Q&A or coaching. So if you were just going to come to one of the live events, or one of the events live, then definitely prioritize the Q&A. Of course, I will answer questions if there's time on Tuesday, but next Saturday is really going to be where it's at in terms of like getting, you know, more hands-on support. And then of course, for everyone who is there, I will share with you next steps to get some more support from me in that area of your life. If you are, if you're wanting, and that's all going to be at special rates and discounts and all that kind of stuff. I'm really excited. I have been working on this training for the past several months. I mean, I've I've known personal finance for a long time. Like I, I think I'm naturally good for it or good at it. I have a knack for it. And then I just, you know, casually learned about it and studied because I just liked it, just a personal interest <laughs> of mine. And then when I wanted to quote unquote make it real, I decided to, you know, make it legitimate and get a certification and consulting in this area. And so I'm just really excited to be able to support you because, you know, I think that money and love, I know it feels so separate and so different or different parts of your life, but it's really not. You know, I, I've said this several times and I'll probably continue to say it. I find that a lot of women relate to their Bumble account in a very similar way that they relate to their bank account. There's not enough. It stresses me out. I don't like logging in. I don't like looking at it. Why do I have to do this? Can I do something else instead? <laughs> right. And so it really gets to very similar core wounds around worthiness and our value and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it can just happen to show up in one area of life or sometimes two areas of life. And I talked about this on my podcast where I introduced this, you know, new part of my business, episode 350. We'll put that in the show notes. If you want to hear a little bit more about why I'm doing this and what it's going to look like and all that kind of stuff. But in astrology, Venus uh, rules both money and love and relationships. And 
I just think that's so interesting. And that's really been like, like, I'm not trying to create like an astrology money business. Like that's not really my jam or what I'm up to. You all know, I love astrology. But I've been really using that as kind of my guidepost. Like why would the ancients or whoever came up with astrology make it so that Venus was ruling two things that were so, so seemingly different? And I think the answer is that when you start unpacking it is it's really the same. I think that we, especially as women, but I think just people in general, we find our worth based on how much money we have, or if we've been chosen by somebody else. And so because of that, I think we can exhibit very similar habits and patterns. They can stem from very similar core wounds and blocks and all that kind of stuff. And so that's really the inspiration for starting the second part of my business. So like I said, occasionally, I will have money episodes like this on the podcast, especially if people come onto the show, and they want to be coached on that. And that's their question. Occasionally, I might have a solo episode on money. But by and large, everything will stay the same and will focus mostly around relationships. And you know, this episode is a little bit unique in that it literally is just about investing, which I know sounds so dry, but I'm like, oh, I'm so excited to talk about it. But when I do talk about money on this podcast, my goal, at least again, unless again, depending on whatever the question is, the coachy brings to me, my goal is to focus the money conversations on how it might show up in dating or relationships or marriage or things like that. So um, it won't feel like this like totally left, you know, out of left field kind of topic. But if you do want more daily bite-sized lessons with me on money, then my Instagram is the place for you to go. I post a daily quick, very easy to digest lesson there. If you like my, the way that I talk about things here, where I explain things in like layman's terms and like no nonsense, no bullshit, I think you'll really like my Instagram over there. I'm Veronica E. Grant. And then if you want to join me for my masterclass, um, depending on when you're listening to this, time might be of the essence. Um, the masterclass is on April 25th with the Q&A session that Saturday. The link to sign up is veronicagrant.com forward slash run your money. A couple things about that. One, if you're listening to this episode after those dates, then you can grab the recording still. You just go to the same link. All the recordings will be there for you. If you have some debt, specifically credit card debt or other high interest debt, then you might be interested in doing my pay off your debt masterclass first. That masterclass, by the time you're listening to this, has already happened. However, you can still grab the recording and even implement a lot of it before Tuesday, the Run Your Money Masterclass. That information is also available over at veronicagrant.com forward slash run your money. You can decide just to do the debt masterclass, you can do just the Run Your Money Masterclass, or you can do both if that's what you want to do. And just remember that the debt one is going to be on demand at this point, you'll watch it when is good for you, you can put me on, you know, 1.25 speed if you want to to hurry up, hurry me up, that's fine or not, whatever you want to do is fine. But that class is available to you on a sliding scale. And I did that specifically because I know if you have credit card debt, it can feel like, oh, you know, to spend more money. I firmly believe you will easily make back that money by following the plan so that you're paying off debt quicker, you're paying less interest, um, and taking some of the other steps that I teach you to do. I think you will easily, easily make back that money and and plus save a lot more in getting that debt paid off and having a plan for it. All right. So with that all said, I hope to see you in the masterclass. Listen to this episode with Laura. It's all about investing. And, you know, I think you could probably start investing after listening to this episode. I know you might have a certain situation or specific questions retaining to like what's going on for you. And so if that's the case, then I definitely encourage you to do the masterclass because you'll be able to ask me that those questions. Because, you know, again, like there are like pretty clear steps that I think are universal for pretty much everyone. But in terms of like, what kind of retirement or investment accounts to do when, you know, that would be a great question. I mean, I talk about this with Laura a little bit, but um, that would also be a great question for you to bring to the Q&A as part of the masterclass, and you'll also probably learn that answer as well. All right. So without further ado, let's get to my coaching call with Laura. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the show. What's going on? How can I help? Hi, Veronica. Uh, Yeah, I guess my initial take is like, how do I start investing money? Ooh, you want to talk about investing money? (laughs) (laughs) I, I love this. Okay. So 
let me ask you this. What do you know about investing or what are your beliefs around investing? Knowledge zero mm-hmm. and beliefs that it might be a bit risky, but it seems like it's the only way that I could produce more money with the money that I already have. Yeah. And and I just want to be clear that you're I won't say where you're from, just protect your, you know, who you are, but you're not in the US. So I know the US system really well. Others like in other countries, things will be similar, but in terms of like the exact numbers or tax advantages, it might vary. But I think there are variations to everything that's in the US. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. But I think regardless is what I hear is that there's some fear. Mm-hmm. And um, that's going to, that doesn't matter like where in the hell you're <laughs> investing or, or what you're, you're doing. So with investing, there's, you can be as low risk as you want, and then you can be super high risk. Okay. Things that are high risk, which I don't recommend, that's like crypto, like cryptocurrency. That's buying individual stocks. Like, oh, I think that company is going to do really well. Any kind of venture funding, right? Like if someone comes to you and like, hey, I have this business idea. Do you want to invest in it? Like those are all ways that you can make a lot of money. But for the most part, when you hear people making a lot of money, those are unicorns. Or if it's like a venture thing, they have so much capital that they can afford some losses. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So for most people, what we're looking at is we're really looking at retirement accounts. Um, and I don't know the ins and outs of retirement accounts of, you know, over in Europe where where you are, but most retirement accounts and most like, I think Western countries are going to have some sort of tax advantages. Do you know if that's true or not where you are? I have no idea. Okay. 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 So, um, Here's what I think you should look for. Let's see. I know where you are. So I'm just, let me do, let me do some googling really quickly. So the thing with investing is that what matters more is the amount of time that you're in the stock market as opposed to how much money you actually put in. So are you wanting to like put in like a lump sum of money or do you want to put like $100, $200 or whatever away every month? Like where do you see yourself or a little bit of both? I think a little bit of both. So maybe to start, I could put like a lump sum and then eventually every month put like a couple of hundred. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. And then do you have any retirement savings through work? Like in, in the US, they think they call it a 401k. I think in, I think in Europe, it can be called like a SIP or another kind of account. Do you have it? Do you know if there's a retirement account through work? Yeah. So I'm contributing to my pension and the pension is like i mean it's plays with like a in the stock market okay yeah okay so it's a pension it's not like a retirement account where the employer matches correct yes it's something like that yeah so i like which one though which one i mean (laughs) let me let me tell the difference a pension is like you work here for 30 years and then we're going to give you fifty thousand dollars the rest of your life that's a pension you might pay into it a little bit, but that's a pension. Whereas a 401k or like a retirement account is you put in 5% of your salary every year and then we'll match it 5%. And then like whatever it ends up being is what it ends up being. Okay. I have to double check that because I think it's what you say. So I contribute like a percentage and then my employer contributes another percentage. Yeah. That's more of like that's more of like a retirement account model. Okay. And that is where things have been trending to since the 1970s. Before 1978, I don't know about in the UK specifically, but at least in the US before 1978, a lot of companies had pensions. Like our grandparents had pensions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they worked at like a, you know, a corporate, you know, corporate job. Or or not even corporate, like a factory kind of job too. Um, and that basically was like, we're gonna pay you this, but then after you work for us for a certain amount of years then we'll pay you a certain amount of money and that's guaranteed. And like that, there, it could be graduated, right? Like it can be like, well, the most you can make is 50,000 a year in your pension, but you have to work 30 years. But if you only work 25 years, then we'll pay you 40,000 or something. That's a pension. 
and then a 401k or like a retire. I don't know they call it. In, I don't know what they call it in Europe, but like there's a retirement account where it's usually pre-tax dollars. So it's money you typically it's it's your money, but you don't see it. It's deducted in your paycheck, so you never even it never even crosses your bank account, and um, that just funds a retirement account, and then your employer will often match it. And so, like, if your employer is like, we'll give you up to 5% and you make $100,000, I'm just using that because it's easy math in my head, then um, that means if you put $5,000 in it, then your then your employer will give you $5,000. And then it's not yours to take right now, but it's just invested and it stays in your retirement account until a certain age. So the first thing you need to do is figure out what retirement benefits you have at work, because for most people, it's going to be your best deal. Because okay. there's potentially essentially free money sitting at the table. I was just creating an Instagram post about this. And when I was doing some research about it, Vanguard, which is um, a discount brokerage firm in the US, they estimated that only this is American, so I don't know what it's like in Europe, but I'm sure it's probably similar. Um, 14% of people who have a match only take advantage of, and that's free money right? Like people are like, I want more money at work. I want to raise, I want to raise. Well, are you getting your match? Are you getting your 401k or whatever your account's called a match? And a lot of people aren't. It's always the first place to put your money, no matter how much savings you have or little savings, or if you have credit card debt or student loan or whatever, because it's free money sitting on the table. So that's your first thing is to see how much you are, see how much, um, or see if you're maxing out that match or getting all the benefit you can at work. Okay. okay. When you say, sorry. So when you say free money, it's basically, let's say my employer, like my match, like max of 8% or whatever, I should use the max. And then yes, I contribute the max that I can. Exactly. You do everything you can to get to the max. Got it. Okay. Like it is, it is worth putting off paying debt payments even to get the match because with the way a match now, some companies are super progressive and they put that match in regardless of whether or not you do, but most will only give you whatever you put in. Even if they'll put up to 8%, for example, they won't give you 8% unless you're actually putting in 8%. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I have a friend, for example, who does not contribute to her 401k. She technically has a 403b, which is the same thing, but just for a nonprofit. She does not contribute, but her company still puts in 8%. That's more unusual though. <laughs> it's yeah. generous, but it's more unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first place when you want to invest. Like that's all, that's always where you want to start. Because um, again, it's free money. And if you're not maxing it out, then you're literally saying, don't worry about it. Don't give me that free money. Like, I don't need it. <laughs> Everybody okay. likes free money. I don't care how much money you have. Everyone likes free money. So that's the first place. Okay. So then the second place you want to put your money is in the US. It's called a Roth. Let me see what it is called over there. Okay. So over in Europe, the equivalent to what is called a Roth here in the US is an individual savings account or an ISA or a self-invested personal pension, which is called a SIP, S-I-P-P. So essentially though, after you max out your your whatever your 401k or pension or whatever it is at work, you want to go to something that's called a Roth or something that's close to that equivalent over where you are. And the difference between that, the difference between those two accounts is one is putting pre-tax dollars and one is putting post-tax dollars. So what I mean by that is let's say your salary is a hundred thousand dollars. Again, I'm just using that because it's easy math in my head. So it's $100,000 and you put 5% into your retirement at work. That means you're putting $5,000 in over the course of a year. That means your now taxable income is $95,000, right? Mm -hmm. And so you get your paycheck and it goes into your bank account and you're like, great, I have my, it's payday. This is great. (laughs) You're going to take that (laughs) money now and put it into a Roth. So it's after tax money. So that $5,000, like you never even see it. It never crosses your bank, your your bank account. Yep. It's taken out before it even lands into yours. Um, So you really only want to get to the the match there. And then you want to look for a retirement account that uses after tax 
dollars. And the reason for that is as great as 401ks and retirement accounts at work are, they are pre-tax dollars, which means when you're 60 or whatever age you are, when you pull it out, you're going to have to pay taxes on that. And it's fine that you have to pay taxes on it because you're making money on all of the money you should be spending the taxes on. Meaning like if you have $10,000 sitting in there, but really you have to spend 20% of that in taxes, the government says, don't worry, you can keep that extra 2000 and continue earning interest on that over 40 years. And then when you take it out, then we'll take your taxes. Right. So you get to make money on money that you eventually have to spend on taxes. And that equals tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands over a lifetime. So it's a lot of money. So that's like why that account's so great. When you have a Roth or your ISA, whatever you have over there, it's after tax dollars, which is great because then when you go to take it out when you're 60 or whatever age, you don't pay taxes on it and you don't pay taxes on the earnings. So whatever's in that account is yours. You don't have to look at it and minus about 25%. (laughs) Well, your taxes are higher over there, I think, but you know. Way much higher, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, so in terms of accounts, that's what... Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You want to look for. With the Roth or the ISA, whatever it's called over there, there are probably going to be limits. So in the U.S. for 2023, you can contribute up to $6,500 in a year. I don't know what it is over there in Europe. You can Google it. It's a pretty easy Google or any bank will tell you. And in fact, in my bank, under my Roth account, there's like a little like arrow, like a, like a gas thing that tells me uh, how yeah. the gas is or whatever. It tells me like, oh, like the arrow is like, oh, you can add more, you can add more. And then it'll, it won't let you add more. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about accidentally going over. Um, if you try to add more, it'll be like, nope, can't make that transfer. And then if you are able to max out your Roth or your ISA, whatever you have over there, then there's debate about what to do. My husband loves investing in real estate, which I don't think we should get into. I'm not an expert. He's the expert in that. And I also think it's pretty risky, especially in today's market. Also, real estate investing doesn't work the same way over there in Europe because you don't have fixed mortgage rates. And so like, I don't even know how you begin to plan for that. But anyways, so most people would say go back to your 401k if you're allowed to contribute more and contribute more there. Okay. Um, that's what most people would say. And there usually is a max to whatever you're allowed to contribute to your work account or to that retirement account, but it's usually very high. Like in the US, the limit to a 401k is contributing $19,000. And look, if you're making like 300,000, then it's probably pretty easy to do. If you're making 80,000, you're probably not putting 19,000 of that in your 401k. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to worry about maxing it out. If you're able to max out your work retirement account, you're probably doing quite well, (laughs) you know, in which case that's another conversation about what to do. But if you can add more after your Roth, then that's what you do. Now, these are just the investment accounts that we're talking about here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just because you put money into it does not mean you've invested it. <laughs> you now have to figure out what you want to invest in. And this is a common mistake. I um read this story of someone who was like doing everything she was supposed to do, like putting her money into her 401k and her Roth for like 10 years and wasn't actually investing it. And 
that actually costs tens of thousands of dollars over the lifetime of that account. So don't make that mistake. So now the question is what to invest in. And this will, again, vary depending on what country you're in. Obviously, I'm most well-versed in the U.S. However, the stock market is an international thing. Yeah. And so it's very similar from country to country. There might be different names. There might be different tax rules or pricing structures. But for the most part, things are fairly similar. And in the U.S., what it's called that you want is called an index fund. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with a mutual fund, though, it is a kind of mutual fund. So like I said, you don't really want to just like start stock shopping. You know, you don't want to be like, oh, well, I really like, I don't know, Disney and I really like Netflix and I like all these others. So I'm just going to buy these stocks because that's super risky, first of all. And you can lose a lot of money that way because stocks go up and down all the freaking time, especially in this market. Um, also, most humans cannot actually beat the stock market. Once you start Googling like how to invest, you will often see people who will you know, sell you their courses or people who want to manage your portfolio for you. And yeah, they just want to do all these things for you. And, and, and they'll swear that they can you know, beat the stock market. They can do better than an index fund or a mutual fund. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe in a random year, they can. Like It certainly happens all the time. But if you look at the average over 15, 20 years, no one does it regularly. Yes, there are outliers, but like for the most part, no one does it regularly. Yeah. Um, I would say Warren Buffett's an outlier. I'm sure there's others, but you know, anyways, he's not managing everyone's accounts. So, <laughs> so what you want to do instead is you want to get like a mutual fund, but it's not exactly mutual funds. I'm going to talk about through that in a second more. But mutual funds are basically like, it's been commonly described as like a basket of stocks. So someone's been like, oh, we should get these stocks from like these large corporations. And then we should get these stocks from these small corporations. And then we should get some international companies here just to, you know, make sure like we, you know, we're getting a little bit of everything. And that ends up becoming a mutual fund. Now, sometimes mutual funds like are only for one specific type of thing. So like it might only be for large companies or a mutual fund that's only small companies or a mutual fund that's only from what's called emerging markets, which is like Brazil, India, things like that, or a mutual fund only from like, you know, North America, Europe or whatever. But the thing about mutual funds is they're actually still managed by a human, you know, whatever bank, Bank of America, whatever has hired some person and say, hey, make this mutual fund for us. And so they make the mutual fund and they're constantly watching the stocks and the market and then deciding how they want to continue to allocate that mutual fund. And because a human is managing it, it's still more expensive. So what you want is you want something that's called an index fund. And index funds are just like mutual funds, except they're managed by a computer. So a computer will track very complicated math problems, which I can't do. I don't even know what the first thing about. <laughs> but the computer will has very complicated algorithms that look at what the stock market's doing. And they try to create a portfolio, an index fund, a portfolio of stocks and bonds that will match what the market's doing. Okay. And nothing beats that. Humans cannot beat that. Will they beat it time to time? Yes. But over again, over a course of 15, 20 years, humans cannot reliably beat what the computer can do. And because a computer is managing it as opposed to a human, those are really, really cheap funds to have. And the reason why this matters, let me get something because I just created an Instagram post about this and I'm going to post, but I can just tell you the numbers as to why this matters. Um, This matters because over the life of a retirement account, this can equal tens, if not even hundreds of thousands of dollars, because what will happen is like a mutual fund, for example, can cost you 0.1%, right? And this is what you want to look for, no matter where you decide to invest. A mutual fund can cost you 0.1%, which means like it's going to charge you 0.1% of your funds to, you know, own that mutual fund, essentially. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the management fee. And you're thinking 0.1%, that's great. That's nothing. <laughs> but look at this. If you invest 
$100 a month for 30 years with an average return of 7%, which is conservative, you'll have over $200,000 in that account. But if you have a 0.25, what's called expense ratio, I don't know if it's called the same thing over in the UK, but it's basically just like the fees, the cost of doing business essentially. So $100 a month, you'll have $200,000 after 30 years. That will cost you $55,920 in fees. So almost a quarter of what you made is going to have to go to fees to the bank. If everything else stays exactly the same, $100 a month for 30 years, 7% return, and you have an expense ratio of 0.08%, which is what my index fund is, that costs you $18,212.17. So that's a difference of almost $40,000. You know, so it's a lot. So you really want to look for an index fund that has an expense ratio or a fee that's less than 0.1%, in my opinion. You can get those more expensive ones and they will tell you that they can beat the market and they'll make you more money. And that might be true from time to time, but they would have to do better than $40,000 because they would have to at least first make up that fee difference that I'm going to pay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like statistically, like, yeah, they could probably beat the market from time to time, but would they do it enough to get me more than $40,000 and, you know, make more than that? Cause that's just how much I would have to, they would have to make me just to break even because of what I'm paying them in fees. Yeah. And that's just 0.25, right? When you're, when it's actively humanly managed, it's often closer to, it's often a much higher, it can be one or 2%. And then we're talking about like a shitload of money, you know, that it would have to beat. Okay. So now we know we want index funds. You can do one of two things. You can build your own portfolio with a number of index funds, right? Like you can get an index fund that's just for large companies, an index fund that's just for small companies, an index fund that just for uh, Europe, you know, companies, just American emerging markets. You can do all that stuff and begin to build it yourself. And you can Google like how to allocate that, but that takes some research and that takes some time. So I really only recommend that for people who like to do it. The easiest thing to do is in the US, I'll I'll Google what it's called over there. It's called a target date fund. And I believe they're over there and they're also called target date funds according to my quick Google search. So you might need to ask the bank. Another term for it is called life cycle fund. And a life cycle fund automatically builds your portfolio for you. And you pick the date that you want to potentially use this money and then it automatically makes it less risky. So it puts more of your funds into bonds and cash the closer you get to retirement. So for example, I have a 2050 fund um, in my retirement account and it's mostly stocks right now. And it's like whatever mix of stocks Vanguard decided is best I, or the algorithm there. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> but as we get closer to 20, we're pretty far out, right? Like we're over 25 years to 2050. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but as like we get to 2030, 2040, gradually the algorithm will make that index fund sell off stocks and buy more bonds or pour, put more money in just cash. Mm-hmm. And that's because I need that money soon. And so if the stock market goes to the pooper in 2047 and I'm like all stocks, that's going to be bad news bears. <laughs> yeah. But if it's cash or bonds, that's fine. And there's still going to be some stocks because it's just because like 2050 hits doesn't mean I'm cashing out everything. You know, I might just cash out $30,000 a year to live off of for however long. So like, it's, it's fine for some of it to go down because it's in stocks because it's all it's time to recover, but I want to have some safe money in bonds or cash. So long story short, investing is actually a quite safe thing to do. If you invest in index funds, and especially like if you just want to make it super easy, super hands off and just go straight for a target date fund, you don't really have to do anything except for just set an automatic uh, deposit, you know? Okay. Um, How do you access the index funds? Do I? Your bank? Yeah. So when you set up your Roth or whatever the equivalent is over there, that's where you'll get your index fund. So when you do it through work, so one of the negatives about your 401k is that you don't have as many options as you would if you just walked into a bank as an individual and said, hey, I want a retirement account, guys. And they're like, cool, let's get you set up. So it's probably just best to work with your HR person to see like what the options are. And then 
make a decision from there. I've only ever actually done that once when I worked at the law firm, we had a 401k and a match. And then every other job I've had after that had a 40, well, I worked at nonprofits, had a 403b, but no match. And so I just said, fuck that. (laughs) So if there's no match, I just skipped the 401k and I went straight to the Roth. And then once I set up my business, I created what's called a SEP in the US, which totally forgetting what it's what it stands for now, but it's basically like a before tax dollar retirement account. So, and this is like a bigger conversation. You know, we can talk about this later if you want, but you know, do you want to, if you don't have a match or if you've met the match and you still have money that you want to invest, should you keep investing at the place at work or should you set up your own individual retirement account in the US? you can set up an IRA, which is an individual retirement account, which is before tax dollars. But because it's at a bank, you have a lot more options. It's usually much cheaper. I will say like those fees that I was talking about are Mm -hmm. usually much more expensive through whatever your account is at work. That's not a reason to not do it though, because again, you get that free money. (laughs) So it's still worth it to do it. But some people will say, just get the match and never do anything more. Some people will say, get the match, go to your Roth, and then go back to your work retirement account. And I think that's generally good advice. But if the options are really limited, or if the funds are really expensive, then it might be better to just go to a bank privately and say, hey, can I set up an IRA, which is pre-tax dollars. And so the way that would work, though, is, you know, with the work account, you never see that money, right? As we've already discussed, like it gets deducted before you get your paycheck. If you go to the bank and say, hey, bank, I want to set up an IRA, it's not a Roth, it's an IRA, then um, or a traditional IRA, then what they'll do is you'll get your money from your your work, you know, and you'll put $500 into your traditional IRA, but then that ends up being a tax write-off. And so it, it, mm-hmm. so it ends up becoming pre-tax dollars, but first you get the money from your paycheck, and then when you go to file your taxes, you write it off. So there's limits to how much you can do that, depending on income, depending on how much you put into your 401k. And like, I can't get into that into with you one, because you're not in the U S and two, it's very complicated. That's really more of a job for a CPA, like a, like an accountant, but that's like the flow. So again, you have some options, different routes to take, depending on your exact situation, but does this help you kind of figure out where you can start? Yes. Yeah. 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 It has helped. Okay. Okay, good. So it's a little bit more Googling than I would like you to do, but only because you're not US-based. I don't know <laughs> the exact lingo or or limits. But just to quickly recap, start with whatever work benefits, then go to your after-tax, max that out, and then either go back to work or open up an individual retirement account privately at a bank. And then just make it easy, find a target date fund, also called a life cycle fund. So if people like target date fund, try saying life cycle and they might understand that better. Figure mm-hmm. out what year you might want to retire. And then, you know, that like, again, like mine's literally called a 2050 target date fund. <laughs> I have another one. It's 2038, but that one's for my son for school. So that's in his education account, but it's a target date fund. It's the same thing. And then if you want to build your own portfolio with index funds, then that's more advanced. I would just honestly start with this. <laughs> okay. And uh, again, like there's more things you can do, but like, I don't think it's necessary. You know, like I buy individual stocks sometimes, but it's because it's weirdly like fun for me. But for example, in the US, there's a lot of controversy around how members of Congress have insider knowledge to like what may or may not or what might be happening in the country. And so then they can go and buy individual stocks. A lot of people say they shouldn't be allowed to do that. But at least for right now, that's how it is, right? And so back in the spring or last year or fall of something last year, um, Nancy Pelosi bought um, stock with Micron, which is this microchip technology company. And so for fun, I was like, oh, Nancy Pelosi just bought it. And she knows something I don't know for sure, because you know she's in Congress, Speaker of the House, or she was Speaker of the House. And so I was like, I'm just going to see this, see what will happen. And so I bought some Micron stock. Turns out she's lost money. I've lost money because the stock's gone down. I mean, like I literally bought like three shares. So we're talking like I lost $40. So like not a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
However, Micron's been in the news because they just got a lot of tax benefits from the government because the government really wants, you know, more microchip technology happening in the U.S. as opposed to China, where it's been going on. So I'm like, oh, now I understand why she's buying microchip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. so like you can do stuff like that, but like. It's because you like it and you enjoy reading about it and you follow the news or something. Otherwise, like, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. Just Mm -hmm. just get that 7% return, which you can do very easily with the index fund. Okay. Um, Okay. Yes. Yes. Help. Okay. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you asked this question. Yeah. Thank you for those insights. I think they're very helpful. I just get to get started. (laughs) Yes. 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 Getting started is the most important thing because more than anything, time matters more than how much you actually put in. Thank you so much, Laura, for coming onto the show. And I appreciate your question. I love to nerd out about this kind of stuff. And maybe you figured that out by (laughs) listening to this episode. So just FYI, so Laura and I were talking about target date funds and retirement also might be called life cycle funds. Now, again, she's not based in the United States. So I wasn't able to give like super specific advice or, you know, insight into, you know, certain banks or whatever. And by the way, I'm not paid by any bank. I'm not like an influencer trying to sell like a shitty bank. (laughs) That looks that looks cool. I have a lot of opinions about that. But I'll get to that in another another time. But, you know, I did a quick Google after we stopped recording and Vanguard, who is the bank that I use to do all of my investing with is available outside of the United States as well with the exact kind of things that I was talking about in terms of life cycle and target date funds. So even if you are not based in the United States, again, depending on where you are, that might be available. And that's honestly my number one recommendation, because more than anything, when it comes to investing, it's all about the fees around it. Um, A lot of banks will try to sell you their fancy retirement accounts and da 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 da, and it looks really cool. And they tell you that it's all feminist and all that kind of stuff. But then they have a really high, they have really high fees. And it seems low if you don't understand what it actually means. But it can literally, as I explained to Laura, cost you tens of 1000s of dollars by the end when you're actually trying to cash out and friggin retire. And so Vanguard, the, the guy who founded Vanguard, he is really adamant about low fees, and making investing super simple you know, because you don't have to do anything complicated. You don't have to buy individual stocks. You definitely don't have to do crypto. You don't have to like find some business to invest in. You definitely don't have to friggin' invest in the real estate market or anything like that. And I have lots of opinions about whether or not that's even a good investment, especially these days, but really ever. This is just really the easiest, the most hands-off way to go. And you really don't need a lot of money. My goal is for everyone to be investing at least $100 a month into their retirement accounts after 30 years. That ends up being about a million dollars, which, you know, may or may not be enough to retire on based on other income sources that you have when you retire, but you're doing really well if that's what you end up with. You know, that's that's workable, right? You can go work at Starbucks and then have your million dollars in your retirement account. You know what I mean? And like, you might be okay you know, for whenever, depending on the age you retired, how long you live and da, 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 da. that's more of an actuary's job, not my job. Anyways, so but even if you can't swing $100 right now, even like 25, even 50, and then you can build up, but you're just getting into the habit. And you're getting comfortable with seeing your money grow year after year, you will feel more comfortable putting more money in. And if you're like, I don't even have $100, or I don't know how to get that or find that or have a hard time making the habit of it. This is what the money masterclass will really help you to do. uh, Because it's really just learning a system. But it's like a system from the inside out, right? Like, yes, there are things that you can do to automate your bill payments and savings and all that kind of stuff. And we'll talk about that. But there's also like a big emotional piece. That's a part of personal finance. And in fact, forget who said it. Um, I put it on my Instagram. I can't remember who said it. Personal finance is more personal than finance, <laughs> right? There's lots of m- emotions involved. And I know some people probably didn't even listen to this episode because they saw the title and were like, hell no, right? There was lots of fear, lots of like, that's not for me, a lots of shutting down, right? And they didn't even get this information. But you're here, you're at the end, which means 
I think you're at least somewhat curious or you want to learn more or you want to be better. Yes, you might have some fear. Yes, you might have some trepidation. Yes, you might have some like, but my situation is this. And this is really what I'm hoping to combine with the second part of my business. Like, yes, the ins and outs, the technical pieces, like you do need to know, but you don't need to know everything, but you do need to know some things. But so much of it is just like our own fears, our own worthiness that we need to get around. And as I said, top of this episode, that's no different than the same kind of work as, you know, the relationship and dating coaching that I do. So if you would like to get your money house in order, I would love to see you at the masterclass next week. And if you're listening to this after the masterclass is available, you can still buy the on-demand version and watch it whenever you want. You'll still get the Q&A sessions. So you, you might have some same questions that other folks have. And then when I come back from maternity leave in the fall, I am going to be expanding that masterclass. Um, I'm not exactly sure what it's going to look like. I'm trying to like not be like too rigid about it and just let it, the ideas come to me. But there will be some expansion of some sort. And so there will be some opportunities there for everyone who has the masterclass, either who bought it live or the on-demand version. Okay, so the link to grab that masterclass in addition to the pay off your debt masterclass is veronicagrant.com forward slash run your money. And if you're not following me over on Instagram, then I highly encourage you to do so because there I'm sharing daily bite-sized lessons on money and how to make it work better for you and how to help you run your money rather than your money run you, okay? All right, my dears, I hope you like this episode. I will see you next week for a more normal episode. I'm talking about couples sleeping in the same bedroom. And I'm also talking about Chelsea Handler. And I'm excited. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.